Welcome to Credibly Curious, an R podcast uh, with me, Nick Tierney, and... Saskia? Mm-hmm. That's your last name, Saskia. Oh, Freitag. So we're back. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. So what have we been doing? Well, there was this conference. There was this conference. No, we're not going to talk about that first. We need to talk about something else. I think I saw a Twitter picture of you in a bow tie. Ah, yes. Okay. So I graduated. Ooh, congratulations, Nick. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, it was good. Um, Yeah, you know, I got to wear the funny hat with other people wearing (laughs) funny hats. And yeah, it was it was it was a really nice ceremony actually. Um, yeah, it was funny. They actually streamed the graduations live. Um, is that how important you are? Well, like apparently this is for all of the graduations at QUT. They're all streamed live somewhere, and so um, people at QUT in the department I was working at, this huge TV turned on and then started streaming my graduation. And yeah, so that was um, that was really funny. Um, Yes, there's a photo of me on Twitter looking really happy because as I, as my name got announced, my brother yelled out, yeah, Nick, yeah, in like the <laughs> loudest possible voice. And it's in like, it was in the the concert hall, which is like an acoustically well-designed room. And so my brother yelling out um, really carried very well. It was very funny. Oh, yeah. well. That was good. It was good. Yeah. You looked good too in uh, the bow tie. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun. I, I remember learning a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, it was not super easy. I'm I'm glad I know how to tie one now. Yeah, that also leads us nicely into the next topic because mm. Nick was also nicely dressed at yeah. the USA conference. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, jacket gets a talk. bit of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a bow tie though. No, no. I, I decided to dress it down a little bit, you know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a shame. It's yeah. a shame. Should have should have packed out the bow tie. Yeah. But that's what we're here to talk about. So mm-hmm. we're here to talk about the user conference, which has been, well, it's been a bit. It's been a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I've been back for probably three weeks mm-hmm. now. Yep. And you've just come back from your holiday, and that's why it's mm. taken us so long to record this. Um, mm. And that's what we want to talk to you about because we had an awesome time. I mm. did. Yeah. That was it. Was really good. Um, it was a. Uh, yeah, so it was the first time that Uzar has been held outside of the Northern Hemisphere um, since they started, so that was really great. And Even yeah. though, as we've learned, R was born in Auckland. Yeah, born in Auckland. Um, Robert Gentleman and Rosa Harker. As yeah. someone pointed out, both their names start with R. <laughs> so I was like, no way. Uzar is different from a lot of conferences I go to because it's got people from all sorts of different doing all sorts of different things with R and so even if you don't learn anything useful from a talk you learn interesting things from all the wide range of talks here and it seems to be a sort of friendly conference and what I just noticed in uh, Thomas Pedersen's keynote is that when people ask questions after the talks they're actually asking questions. Thomas Lumley, Professor of Statistics, University of Auckland. What what did you particularly enjoy about USAR? Um, for me, it was just having all of the people in one place. So there's a lot of people you see on Twitter and you've used their R packages or you've sort of read some of their work or read their blog posts and then they're all kind of there. And for me, that was really cool. Um, and yeah, just kind of having them all like interact with each other in in real life so that was really nice 
and uh, and also that everyone was really friendly as well. You know, like you'd sort of get good vibes in general from everyone, but it's just always nice to meet people in person and be like, oh, you're you're really great. This is this is wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it was definitely it was definitely felt like the Twitterverse had been taken into real life and you could finally talk to people for much longer than just 100 or 280 characters, which yeah, yeah. is nice. Yeah. What was up with the 280 character thing, actually? Do you know? Like, so it just swapped from 140 to 280? Yeah. Okay. It didn't... I think there wasn't a straight swap. Some yeah. people who had, like, blue tick marks got, like, 280 <laughs> characters first as oh, a yeah. trial period and yeah. then it swapped over. I came here with my child. Uh, this was an interesting experience. What happened was like she was happy in the childcare for one day, but uh, occasionally she was screaming and crying, so I had to look after her. But I enjoyed as many sessions as I can. And I even tried to take her with me to one of the key, uh, actually the Bill, Bill Venables talk. So it was a mistake, but I learned from my mistake. So all good. Thanks to Yuzar for organizing childcare that saved my life. Gurkner Jiner, postdoctoral fellow, the Walter and Eliza Hall Institute. What did you think of, of Yuzar, Saskia? Have you been to Yuzar before? So this was actually my second Yuzar. Mm -hmm. Is that your first Yuzar? Uh, no, I went to the one in Brussels last year, which uh, oh, okay. was excellent. Mm. Yeah, so mm. both of our second Yuzars. Yeah. I didn't go to the one in Brussels. I went to the one in 2015 to to Denmark, mm -hmm. which was in Aarhus, mm -hmm. um, mm. and that was really, really good. I really enjoyed that one, mm -hmm. especially the conference dinner there. It was amazing. Yeah. So at the conference dinner there, they had this Viking-style banquet set up. Oh, I heard about this. Like, it was in a forest or something? Yes. Is that right? <laughs> so we got kidnapped by Vikings yeah. and then got taken to this banquet set up and uh, there were loads of games that you could play lots of old viking games including wow. shooting pigs with bow and arrows so you're it was right very very special vibe and yeah. it was in the summer in denmark very very up you know up north so mm. you had sunlight all night and it yeah. was just great it's just a really really great atmosphere and that's why i really wanted to come back to the one in australia and especially mm. because it was so close <laughs> yeah no it was uh no it was really good to have that and um yeah and especially brisbane around that time of year in in winter um is uh is really pleasant as well it was um really perfect days and uh just awesome weather to uh, to be outside uh, after the conference and before and yeah it was good it was certainly really great yeah uh, a new experience here is um, I've been to Australia for the first time, so that's uh, pretty awesome. The people are really nice, the food's pretty good, so I'm pretty impressed overall with Australia. Uh, I've been using R for four years, I'd say. Zachary Forster, microbiologist, Oregon State University. Let's talk about the the keen well let's talk about the talks and mm -hmm. keynotes that yep. we really liked i think mm. um so i mean there were ups there were some standouts i'm sure everyone has seen it on twitter mm. like i think rogers got a million shout outs yeah, and yeah. so did jenny's yeah but what was your favorite talk maybe and well talk and maybe also keynote we'll yep. do them separately i think otherwise mm -hmm. we're just going to talk about the keynotes yeah 
Oh, okay. Well, this is really tricky. I think um, so. Jenny's one, um, Code Smells and Feels, is really up there for me, and um, and Thomas Lynn Peterson's um, The Grammar of Animation. It was nice to see oh, these yeah. ideas kind of talked about. I feel like these are, especially The Grammar of Animation, this is something that he's been working on for a while, but uh, it was nice to see his, I guess, take on that and his explanation, yeah. It was visually also super stunning. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really good. He started off with an animation of his flight from Denmark to Australia as, like, the opening slide she walked in. So it was very, like... And I kept playing over and over, but it was so good to look I know, at. it was... <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. And, so, um, I mean, mm. we should probably mention what Gigi Animate does. Yes, that's well, right. What does so for you who haven't seen it yet, mm. which is so cool. Mm. So, Gigi Animate is the grammar of animation. And so, this um, historically had been written by... Well, the first iteration was by David Robinson, uh, who's now the chief... Uh, one of the chief data scientists at, at Data Camp. Um, and... Yeah, it basically allowed you to specify a frame aesthetic in ggplot. So you could have something, um, you map, say, um, something to the x-axis and something to the y-axis, and then you might want to map time to a frame aesthetic, and then it would create an animated GIF, um, and then it would, it would animate that. Um, whereas Thomas has extended that and changed it substantially to have a more flexible way of, of animating all the points. So there are things about entering and exiting or things where you want the scales to change or like you want to you dictate how they change. You want to dictate how the points' shadows change. So how the what the animation does as a point moves around. So you could add, say, a wake feature where there'll be like a little wake as if it was a little tiny boat <laughs> instead of going along. And it's super seamless. Super. It was super slick. Um, and if you've mm. ever set it up yourself, mm. I haven't, but my student has, and yeah. it's his code is just very neat, and yeah. it's there's not a lot of fluffing about and not mm. a lot of setting up parameters. It just works, which is so amazing. Yeah, it's gotten it's definitely some really good smelling code. Um, <laughs> yeah, which, <will> <laughs> which just brings us back to what Jenny talked yeah, yeah, about exactly, nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so Jenny's talk was about. Um, code smells and feels and so this idea of a code smell where it's like you kind of look at some code and it's like you kind of just get this this whiff of like like you can't specifically point out what it is about the code that has a certain smell it might look really good or it might look like there's something wrong it has like a, an odor almost <laughs> and so uh, she walked through a chapter of a book uh, the name of which escapes me but basically this has has been established as a thing that um so they give names to certain patterns of code, um, like speculative generality, I think, is one. So that's where you try and um, make your code really general too early. Like you've done it speculatively and it doesn't work. Yeah, there were some great names. And I also loved mm. her interactivity in the talk where she just asked the audience to continuously participate. Yes. So at one point, we were all asked to figure out whether it was a code <laughs> smell right. or yeah, was yeah. a movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that was awesome. That was like Fast and Furious. So yeah. yeah. That was good. Which could totally could be a code smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was, it was good. There was some really, some really awesome humor in there as well about that. Um, yeah, where like she sort of pointed out, well, these are the code smells, but as you said, it's like all of these movies could also be... Yeah, <laughs> movies or romantic novels, which yeah. were also super great. Oh, that's right. And uh, or Prince songs, I think, was another yeah, one. Maybe. Yeah, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> it, was great. It, was, it was fun. 
It was fun. <laughs> Nick just leaned back from the microphone. Yeah. Not helpful. Not helpful. <laughs> so me. I really like Daniel Navarro's mm. um, keynote because it was a bit different to mm. everyone else's. Yep. Um, so she had gotten onto the program like kind of last minute because there mm. was a pullout. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, the keynote Heike Hoffman couldn't make it. Well, but she was excellent. Yeah. She had very little time to prepare her keynote, but yeah. she gave this amazing walkthrough of how she uses R. And she is not actually mm-hmm. what we would call like a data sign, like a sort of core mm-hmm. primary data scientist. She's someone who's actually a psychologist yeah. and how she uses it, but she also teaches it. And she had these awesome ideas of making people feel really at ease with it mm-hmm. and thinking about the community and yeah. also maybe for the much more sort of like advanced audience it was really good to hear a perspective where someone would come in and say actually guys you need to like sort of Mm. hold off a little bit and give us the room to grow Mm. and you can't expect everyone to be working at this super super high level some of our code is going to look terrible and it's going to smell terrible because we're just not working with it every day yeah and i thought that was really it was just nice to have a very different perspective and I think a good reminder for people that write packages and that are really into reproducibility, really mm. into sharing code that yes, it take like there are different levels that that people have and that you need to take that into account because yeah. not everyone is a trained data scientist. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's um yeah, it, it gave me some it was it was I I felt some good and empathy i guess you know it's like here like have some empathy like put yourself in any other people's shoes like for what they how they use r and, and how they code and it was just nice i haven't really seen many talks where someone is using r for their research and they're talking about that perspective rather than say on more on the the historical or the package developing side of things but just to talk about their experience in using it which yeah. is probably how most people actually use R is like on that side. And it's also, I think, a hard thing to do because Mm. you don't really know where to start and there's probably not that many concepts that you have really deeply thought about. Someone like Roger can get up there and, you know, give an awesome talk because that's what he thinks about every day. Mm. But Danielle, she thinks about psychology every day, but then she can still give this awesome R talk. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the end of ben, ben, of uh, Bill Venable's talk. Yeah, there we go. Um, and in particular, sort of talking about the difference between data science versus statistics. And, and there were kind of follow-on questions that I kind of had. Uh, and it really kind of relates when you are trying to address a problem, which is typically what we're trying to do, uh, which approach is better and which approach will essentially win out. And I think currently how stat- statisticians view it is something that is likely to be the way that people will proceed going forward. Dan Putler, Chief Scientist, Alteryx. I think two things that came up repeatedly were how important the community is mm-hmm. to the development of R yep. and also how we should think about teaching R to mm. people who are not natural programmers. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and I think that was uh, that was really nicely opened actually with Steph De Silva's keynote where she specifically talked about the community in R and how 
communities change and how communities grow. And it was just, I think that gave everyone kind of a nice, um, it's a really nice way to start and open things to, to talk about the conference. It's like, all right, we are this community. Here are some features of communities. Here's how they change. Um, and yeah, it was just really nice to kind of have that talked about in the same way that it was nice to hear Jenny talk about this idea of code smells and feels like this you sort of give a label to something and then you can talk about it like in a yeah. different way yeah it was it was really great and she just had some super helpful advice as well for mm. everyone which is yeah. great because normally you do get these very high level talks where you you know you're like oh I'm really into these concepts but then you don't have any practical things that mm-hmm. you can take back whereas with her she really walked you through examples how you can mm-hmm. practically improve your code yeah. just right here and now yeah without having to go back and like read another book about it yeah let's say so. yeah no that was uh you know jenny did a great job with that and um yeah i certainly actually went back and refactored a bunch of things but <laughs> that was a really funny quote um which isn't always true it's uh but uh, there is no else only if um yeah, which is very funny i think miles has started another um challenge already hasn't he where oh, he's think, like yeah. not going to use also ifs for yeah well i actually did this and then i realized yeah i had like a bunch of yeah like it it made my code cleaner but i had to do some extra steps to make it cleaner which was actually good in the end but yeah it was a good experience um and yeah and it's nice to kind of feel motivated to refactor your code which can usually be so refactoring is like rewriting your code so it does the same thing but it looks better or it does it faster or yeah. So the outcome is still the same is what refactoring is, is about. So Thomas Lynn Peterson's talk uh, was just really mind blowing for me because it set up this whole new vocabulary that we can use to talk about all the issues that exist uh, in the current graphics uh, situation. Uh, and I was like a little bit cut that uh, my poster was last night because I felt like I could have done a much better job of explaining some of the issues that I was facing um, if I had seen Thomas's talk first. Miles McBain, research software engineer, QUT. Everything we heard in the keynotes was sort of retouched on in the talks later on. Mm. Um, so there were heaps and heaps of talks so we both went to a lot of them but mm-hmm. we also were in the same sessions a lot of the time unfortunately mm-hmm. um so yeah you're not going to get the bandwidth of everything yeah. <laughs> but i just thought it was so nice to see that you know community came up again mm-hmm. um and I, I finally learned how how the r versions are labeled oh yeah yeah you have peter dalgard's talk yeah so that was great. So for those of you who don't know, the R, la- mm. the R versions get labeled by the Peanuts yeah. um, comics. Mm. So he picks out whatever he sort of feels like this R version <laughs> yeah. is sort of like. And he tries to find a quote in the Peanuts that is short enough mm. so that it that he can't get sued, essentially. Yeah. I think is what he said. Yeah. No, it was... Uh, it no was copyright really infringement. Yeah, absolutely. It's been... Um, yeah, it was. I know. I really enjoy those sorts of talks because those are talks that you, you just wouldn't really hear in other places, right? Yeah, it's like probably the only conference in the world where yeah. you can stand <laughs> up and give a talk entirely about how you feel about peanuts and, yeah. um, ah, at the mm. same time. Yeah, and how that naming convention grew and the history of it and how he's like 
envisioning it for the future mm -hmm. that's that's like it wouldn't be like if you went to an academic conference yeah. they would boo you off stage yeah oh yeah it was uh yeah like, it'd be pretty weird but it was yeah, like everyone was right into it and he told some really funny stories right where it was like there was one period where uh, like a release was delayed because there was a power outage in Auckland in like, oh, in, yeah. like the late nineties or early, something. Early days of R. <laughs> yeah. And so they had to like move it from one computer down the street and drive it like I don't know, up the road or something. And... and I think the one thing that I learned from this conference is that there are a lot of people using R <laughs> uh, and um, in particular in just all different settings, academia, industry. And it's always interesting for me to see how pe different people are using ours in different ways and especially in areas that I don't really you know see on a daily basis so um, that's been fascinating for me Roger Peng professor of biostatistics John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health you went to a community session didn't you about R and oh the R consortium well, yeah. yeah, we both so we both also attended the Art Consortium mm. Day the day before the conference. Yeah. Oh no! So this is the Art Consortium session. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they had. Um, so that was about the current projects that are being worked on um, with the Art Consortium, who is basically. I'm not sure if it's consortium or consortium. Do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. They probably don't know themselves. <laughs> um, but basically, it's uh, where they. So we had a few talks from, um, so Dai Cook gave a talk about some funding that went towards funding girls' workshops that were using R. And so um, so she gave a summary of the workshops they've done for that. So they had a workshop in New Zealand uh, and they've got some more workshops planned. Um, and then I gave a brief summary of um, this, uh, the R Consortium project I'm a part of with Julie Joss and Natalie um, Villa Villano and... Uh, yeah, and basically we talked about the project for a missing data community. So we want to bring together the um, art packages and tutorials and papers for missing data and, and put them together in, in one place. Um, Joe Rickett talked about how the R consortium funding is going. So they've actually funded $650,000 worth of projects so far, which is pretty huge. And I it's think they're getting more money. So it's great. Yeah. That's so great mm. for an open source community. It's really good. I think... Um, yeah, you know, it's nice to be able to get that funding and that support specifically for writing things for R. Yeah, and I'm trying to think about some other, like one of my other favorite talks was um, Adrian Barnett talked about how to use Shiny for improving uh, grant application process. So oh, yeah, like that was, yeah, yeah, it was very Australian-centric, but yeah, nice. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, so you basically put your ORC ID in and then you get... um. We and should add what are OAS we need to explain these things. Yeah, so ORC ID is your research it's basically your research ID that uniquely identifies you. Um it's so that, you know, the John Smiths of the world aren't all like <laughs> getting cited for each other's papers. Um and yeah, and so that um and so the you put in your ORCID ID and that will allow um, it. It then puts out like your bibliography, and it puts it out in the right format for specific grant applications. So that, as he said, you don't have someone who's a heart surgeon or like a, like a professor's up at two a.m. trying to get, you know, like sit there and embold the right sections of the of the journal references so that they don't get like the grant rejected or something like that. They yeah, can spend their time it is on, yeah. very silly if you've ever done it. Yeah. It takes a long time. So yeah. it's anything that helps with that is a very appreciated tool. 
and I think he had a lot of traffic on his website right before <laughs> certain deadlines in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really funny part to see, actually. One thing I learned or I enjoyed at the conference was uh, Roger uh, paying plenary this morning. Uh, it was really interesting to get this perspective of seeing how the historical changes in R have changed the way we teach R. Uh, as a curriculum development lead at the Carpentries, I'm really interested in how we can best teach R, and so this talk really resonated with me. Francois Michonneau, curriculum and development lead at the Carpentries. So what, uh, what other talk did you really enjoy? Um, I enjoyed basically every single talk I went to, but I really enjoyed um, Sam Clifford gave a talk called Classes Without Dependencies, which is sort of a bit of a pun on a programming concept, but uh, it was about his experience teaching a first year science course for statistics. And um, it's this course that has to teach introduction to linear algebra, introduction to calculus, hypothesis testing, report writing, and using R. And um, so it's the one stats unit that all of the people in science at QUT, um, at University in Brisbane, have to take. And yeah, it was just really nice to hear him reflect on his experience with that. And um, yeah, I think, again, those sorts of talks are kind of hard to find in other places. I also really enjoyed a talk by Francois Michonneau, is that Michonneau, what? yep. From Data Camp, where he explained their teaching philosophy from the carpentries sorry um, so, sorry yeah. from the carpentries yeah so it used to be the data carpentries and then the software carpentries yeah but so now the he carpentries. gave yeah, he gave on. this really great talk of how they're thinking about teaching and what is important and i thought one of the things that he said which was just like a side note but i thought that was really interesting was that he said he makes all his instructors life code in front of the students yeah so that it a is slower and b means that if they make mistakes and that's very a very wanted phenomenon yeah. here that then they need to figure out what went wrong and that shows and teaches the students how you can actually recover from an error which is just really cool thinking yeah i know it's a um i think there's a, a, a really nice quote about live coding um it's uh, the typos are the pedagogy so um, i think it's like the typos are the teaching tool basically um yeah and seeing people do good live coding is super helpful um mainly because you get to see people make typos and make a spelling mistake and yeah. you're like oh it's not just me you know it's like uh, it's everyone it's literally everyone it's great um Um, I think I've used R for like 10 years more or less, but, but the last couple of years has been really ramping up my, my use. Uh, this is my first user, um, so, so it's, it's really nice to just meet people. Uh, I went to the R Studio conference uh, this year and this was really my first part of uh, life, part of, of being part of the community. So it's, it's just generally nice to, to meet people that you've talked with. Um, yeah, on Twitter and on GitHub, uh, it's nice to put a face on, on people. Thomas Lynn Pedersen, GG Animate package developer. Uh, I was a big fan, uh, so Jeff Hansen 
gave a talk about his package called Prioritizer, which um, is basically a package for optimizing, like it's an optimization set of problems. Um, so like an optimization language, I guess, um, specifically for ecology problems um, is what he was looking at. And it just had a really nice, flexible way of stating, for example, you want to prioritize certain areas uh, and then add certain constraints. So it had this really nice blend of something that wasn't super low level with optimization, but something that had just enough kind of flexibility for the right kind of problem. And designing that kind of language is really hard. And I think Jeff has done a really good job with that. Um, awesome. So I really enjoyed that. That was great. I, I think I also really enjoyed your talk, which um, oh, I have not oh, yeah, been, I've not been high about on Twitter oh, yeah. either. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> Uh, so no, Nick gave a really, he, he just gave a really funny talk. It was, uh, I don't think we've, I've not seen an audience laugh that much, I think. Uh, yeah. In a, in a su supposedly scientific talk yeah. about how to um, get Brisbane Wi-Fi covered. Um, yeah. So he, you were talking about how we could, how you would best put Wi-Fi in spots that it would be the cheapest to cover all of Brisbane. Mm -hmm. Um, and your package, and I forgot the name of your package. That's right, um, Max Cover. Max Cover. Mm. It's actually it's sort of like logical. Yeah, once you think it, about it. It had a few different like it had a few different iterations, um, but yeah, <laughs> which yeah. weren't so logical. Um, yeah, that was funny. The um, I think it kind of helps everyone laugh when your your slides crap out and your slides are dependent on Wi-Fi. Um, which is the topic of the talk. <laughs> so that was good. But that was like, I've actually had this, like it was a bit of a nightmare because um, a couple of years ago, I once gave a talk and just before the talk started, I said like the magic words, which was, I think this, I think that like, someone asked, oh, do you want to put the slides on the computer? I said, no, nothing will go wrong. <laughs> and then like, it was like, you Why never, would like, you I know, I actually nearly said it before I like gave the user our talk, but I didn't <laughs> just because of this experience where basically, my slides, I, I was locked out of my computer and I just couldn't <laughs> do anything and the timer had started <laughs> and uh -huh. I had to give a 15 minute talk and after about five minutes and I like really needed these slides. Um, so I tried to give the talk on like one third of a whiteboard because the, the projector was covering two thirds of the whiteboard. So I was drawing on one third of a whiteboard with a thankfully whiteboard marker, not a permanent marker. Um, and yeah, it was just like a, it was a house. It was a, it was like a plane crash. Everyone was just kind of watching. Yeah. It well, was. It, it was better. You were covered really quickly this time. Oh yeah. You found had, your slides within like, I think it was two minutes or something. Yeah. I had a, I had a backup plan specifically for this situation. Yeah. So <laughs> actually, I, I want to touch on that. Like the best bounce back I've seen, um, Professor Susan Holmes from Stanford gave a talk last year at, at Bays on the Beach. And she said, oh, ex excuse me. The slides are a little bit, um, like this part's a bit all over the place because my computer died, but she had a backup computer that she always takes with her traveling. Wow, uh, so organized. Yeah, it's like just in case this happened. And I thought that was really cool. Um, was lucky enough to get the Our Ladies scholarship to come to use our, and it's been an amazing experience. Um, being in the same room as like all these amazing people I've seen on Twitter and I've been really motivated um, to like contribute to the community and um, just in little ways via vignettes and like documentation and things so it's been great. Lucy Liu, master student in biostatistics, University of Melbourne.
There's a great forecasting and visualization session um, by Ira Wang, Rob Hyman, and Mitchell Harold Wild. Um, so that was actually on at the same time as my as my talk. Um, so I couldn't go, but uh, I've watched them all on YouTube. Oh uh, yeah, oh, yes, so all uh, we talks. were going to yeah. mention us at the yes. end, but you just set it up. This ruined so it, yeah. instead of listening to us talking about like talks, which yeah. you know you're just going to get whatever we thought was interesting, you can actually go on to the R Consortium website yourself mm -hmm. and there's a YouTube channel there um, that um, has all the talks, um, all the keynotes, all the talks that agreed to be recorded. So you're not going to, see, unfortunately, you're not going to see um, Jenny Bryan's amazing comments about Roger's coding structure, but <laughs> everything else you will see there. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so it's all on YouTube under the R Consortium um we'll put the link in the show notes yeah yeah we will oh, we got show notes um we do have show notes yeah One of the things I really liked about this year's USAR was learning about spatial data. I had a really good time yesterday in one of the tutorials, learning about something that has been driving me nuts for ages. I just needed somebody to explain it to me, and now I understand much better. Steph De Silva, data scientist, PWC. So... And also a big facet of um, USAR is always the tutorials, which mm. is, so if you've never been to USAR before and you don't know anything about it, mm. this would have been very confusing so far, but just to back up, so USAR always starts with two days of, two days? Is it two days? Two and a half, one and a half yeah, days. Yeah, it's usually, yeah, like one, one and a half, two half, days. Two mm. days mm. of tutorials mm. um, where people are invited to present anything on anything pretty much that's in of interest mm -hmm. to the community, of course. Um, so you get very, very different level tutorials. Mm. And this year, I think, was the first time where we had an intro to our mm -hmm. um, tutorial as well. Yeah, it was which great. Which was free to mm. everyone in Brisbane. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, I was actually doing a tutorial at the same time, but that was run by Charles Gray and Kim Fitter and Steph De Silva, And I think had contributions from Dark Cook and Jenny Bryan. Um, yeah, so that was our Curious, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, so that was... Almost stealing our name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's very close. Um, but it's, uh, it's a good name. And it, uh, yeah, from all reports, that went really well. And um, yeah, I think the tutorials are really good value, actually. And so, and you have things about machine learning, you have things about spatial data, you have things about missing data. Uh, you gave a tutorial as well, right, Saskia? Yeah, yeah, so we gave a tutorial about how to analyze Twitter data yep. with R. Cool. Um, and it worked. It was surprising. We got mm. almost everyone in our tutorial to mm. actually, you know, set up the set up the connection to Twitter that you need to download everything and get the authorization and make that app. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, I mean, it took me a long time to get it done. I was surprised that anyone could get it done in half a day. Yeah. And then they actually, you know, even managed to download some data from Twitter. And then we showed them how to analyze a fairly large data set of um, tweets that were pertaining to the royal wedding. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, not um, that, you know, we found 
not that many exciting things, but okay. you can track sort of like trends that mm. were happening around the time. So yeah. you, when, you know, when Megan's father was sort of in the news quite a bit because mm. it was quite clear whether he was going to come to the wedding mm. or whether he was going to have heart surgery, you can actually see like oh, a wow. spike in the data oh, for geez. him, for like his his name coming up. There you go. Wow. Huh. So he, so, so did he have heart surgery? I'm, I'm really out of the loop. Well, yeah. you really are. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, he did have heart surgery and he didn't attend the wedding. Okay. And now oh, Megan is right. not talking to him. So now we've become the royal podcast, apparently, oh. <laughs> guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you for the update. Um, um, oh, that's funny. Actually, I will comment on one thing I was really happy with was the Wi-Fi actually seemed to work at the conference. I was going like to mention outside. this. Yes. Yeah. So generally speaking, I think like the tutorials went really well because the wi-fi went really well and yeah. just in general the conference organization was so brilliant it was a uh, it was a good team yeah <laughs> so like yeah. we should mention that nick was on the conference yeah. <laughs> uh, organization team so you can't really say anything yeah. it's a bit weird for him but it was really really good it was so nice and it mm. all sort of accumulated in this wonderful conference dinner Mm. Oh yeah, that was good. That was uh yeah. So Di, I actually didn't really know. Like I knew that we were planning trivia, but Di had like so Di Cook had um who was the chair, uh, the organizing chair, um had written this amazing trivia set, and it was uh all all our trivia and yeah, it was really fun. It was uh, it was very fun. Yeah. So um I also happened to be sitting at a really interesting table. Yeah. So oh, didn't you come third? No, we know. definitely didn't. Even didn't? though we had loads of our studio people, oh, really? including Jenny okay. on our table. And we did not come anywhere near the top. I think we <laughs> scored somewhere in the bottom. That's really funny. <laughs> and uh, we were a bit surprised because yeah. Jenny, so J Jenny, Ryan and um, Jim Hester from our studio mm. who are on our table were like really into it. Yeah, and they were trying really hard, clearly. <laughs> but I think they kind of lost patience when you had to like find words in this big word cloud. Oh, the word cloud. <laughs> so, um, so part of the trivia was a big like sort of word. Like a word search. Yeah. Word search. Um, that was so great. Was it like package names or function it names? It was. Um, it was just anything. No, it was ggplot geoms. Oh, ggplot geoms. It was, it was so, so funny. hard. It was so hard, and there were. I think there were 36 or something like that. And I think we got up to 19 and yeah, it was... I don't think we made it to 19. It was... <laughs> I think that was really funny because that was like... There's like, you know, there's this... Like all these questions about who's the maintainer of this package and that package. And then there's just a word search and it's like... <laughs> This really dividing, <laughs> really dividing trivia piece. Also, you got the most points for that part. So you could yeah. have literally done nothing but just done focus yeah. on the word search and probably won that quiz. It was so good. It was um, it was really fun actually. I was um, yeah, like Di did a great job and um, yeah, you know that was we had a really good food and it was just a nice, it was just a it's, nice conference dinner. It was a very nice night. Yeah. yeah. It was, and I think that's part of what makes a user so different to mm. other conferences is the fact that at a normal conference, when I go to an academic conference, mm. I don't often find myself at a table with people like Jenny or yeah. um, Jim, where I can just you know happily chat to them, and they seem really happy chatting to me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, I I know what you mean. It's kind of like a conference dinner can be a bit of a you know. It's like you might not like always have that experience, and yeah, and I certainly had that with 
everyone I spoke to at Uzar was just like, oh, Uzar, I love talking about R, let's talk about R and have a whole conversation. And yeah, and they're really interested. And yeah. it's you don't really have these natural hierarchies that you get in mm. a lot of other conferences where, yeah. you know, the older PIs, for those of you who don't know, like principal investigators, yeah. mostly your boss yeah. and someone else's boss stick together and yeah. talk only to each other mm. and sort of look sideways to like you know anyone else who's 10 mm. years younger than them they probably won't give them the time of the day but at this conference it was sort of absolutely opposite oh yeah experience no it was really good you know um yeah and and also getting to see some of the names you know like again everyone super friendly um but like one name that sticks out is paul Marl. so he's the person who wrote grid so grid is the r package that powers most visualizations so it powers all of ggplot and he gave a talk about like these like new advances he's made in Grid, and he's kind of this this like face you can put to a name. And then he, um, you know, like the, uh, like I know putting these people together. So he was interested in, you know, like all of the the new visualization stuff that was happening with GG Animate. And you know, I'd, it's always encouraging. I think when you see people from like a uh, like I guess a different generation of R who are still interested in in all the new things that are happening. You know, and and they're all like still really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just goes to show. I think and it is. Yeah, the community is is a great strength and a great resource. It is a gr- it is really interesting, also because I think in the community, it's it handles it really well that there are generational conflicts clearly. Mm. Yeah. Because having gone to the R consortium meeting beforehand, mm. we do have some. There are members, of course, that have seen the beginning of R mm. and feel maybe slightly differently about certain things than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's really good that you can just talk to them and that they are very willing to listen, but yeah. you can also listen to them at the same time and that yeah. there is actually exchange happening rather than yeah. like what happens a lot of like when there is conflict or perceived mm-hmm. conflict that people just, you know, yeah try to avoid each other really yeah but that's really not the case here yeah no it's a two-way street and there's a dialogue yeah and yeah we saw that particularly with the website i think yeah yeah (laughs) so we've been talking heaps about our website because we're getting loads of information on this if you listen to our first two episodes of course and there was a conversation about changing it which is interesting Mm. so also they're looking for people to help with that so if you are feeling like you have I think yeah, yeah so you have something to contribute contribute yeah no there's um yeah they've recently changed a few things so they've got the webmaster email at the bottom there now and uh, I think I- I'm looking forward to seeing how these things progress from here and there's yeah you know they're they're interested in changing and improving so that's yeah really good to see that there was a conversation around that yeah, yeah it was I good th- mm. yeah I thought that was it was just so nice to have like a constructive conversation rather than yeah something that it could have gone very easily could have gone a different route i think oh no for sure and i think that's something i always really enjoy when you sort of get that nice sweet spot between having like a like people being angry or upset and people having like a i guess a debate or you know like like you know like everyone sort of saying their opinion or their piece and then everyone kind of listening to that and then like having their own thing to say as well i don't know it's yeah i guess it's like it seems very academic, but it's like very civil. If you it, like, does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it I totally. Get... I think it it and it's really cool that it is that civil, even though we have loads of people from very very 
different backgrounds there mm. because yeah. indeed it's actually a really really diverse conference mm. it's by no means all academics like mm. you and me but there's actually a lot of people who come from industry yeah yeah no it was um there's uh yeah i think we had people you know from johnson and johnson people from google people from amazon um yeah and and other people from yeah you know smaller boutique areas and yeah it was just always interesting to hear as like a new person you're like oh like what do you use r for and then they'll sort of have a bit to say about that and you're like that's yeah i don't know it's also cool that they contribute talks about some of their products that they built with r Mm. and that like even academics can use Mm. um so i think electron was a standout for me because so oh, the um yeah that was was name Kate Katie something I can't remember but she was amazing because she talked about um how to uh, how they had developed a software that allows you to make standalone shiny apps so you no longer have to ship it via a website on the internet or like the R Studio Pro server but you can now actually build a little application and ship everything you need including the R version um all the packages that you require and your code and then people can just install that on their computer like they would install a software and that makes you know a new shiny app which is which i thought was really cool but also amazing that a company would willingly contribute that to sort of like you know to an open source community and that's really nice to see that was a really great talk actually and she went through she had a very good way of explaining how to actually do this and i feel like i could like walk away from that talk and like know where to go um so and i've just found the name it was it was katie sasso it was the person oh yeah academic my oh gosh 12th maybe use our conference all about warwick and spain uh, fantastic venue again fantastic organization and it's it's lovely to come together once in a year and see other members of the community and you know exchange views and ideas and see what's happening it's been a blast once again dirk Edelbeutel, adjunct clinical professor at the university of illinois yeah, no, I just wanted to talk a little bit about other community activities that were around the conference. Mm-hmm. So for me, obviously, a standout was our mingling lunch, yeah. with the, which was organized by the Our Ladies Melbourne, but also any Our Ladies really around the world. Mm-hmm. And we showed some cool pictures from all around the world mm. and what the Our Ladies groups have been up to, which is really cool to see. There's a lot of baking pictures in there. Yeah, I, nice. <laughs> I have been looking at a lot of cakes from all over the place um but it was really awesome because it was kind of a session where it was the newbies meet the our ladies mm-hmm. and everyone just sort of chatted and found a friend for the rest of the conference mm. after the tutorials that's good yeah and it really it worked out really well i was really surprised and i think the other thing that i really enjoyed about mm-hmm. being there was just the fact that there was such a strong r studio presence mm. and that you could chat with all of these people and tell them what you liked or didn't like about their products and they yeah. were very receptive actually yeah. yeah no that was uh yeah they had a good like uh, a good stall there and they were i think rationing out the hex stickers they uh, were <laughs> i yeah. was i was sitting there with yeah. them and they had they had like an entire box of stickers, but they would only hand out 10 at a time because yeah. apparently I found if you put them out, yeah. like anything you put out will just go yeah. immediately. Yeah. So you need to ration it out. Yeah. No, that was, uh, yeah, that was really fun. Um, 
Yeah, actually, like on the note of hexes, it was quite a hex-themed conference. So oh, we yeah, we forgot yeah. to mention. Mm. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter, but there was an amazing artwork displayed yeah. as well. Yeah, so Mitch Harawal, um, a member of the organizing committee, did a fantastic job of putting... Um, we put up a submission for people to submit their hex stickers, and they submitted them, and then he put them together into a hex wall, which was a map of Australia, and it was awesome. It was so good. There yeah. were so many selfies t- being taken in yeah. front of it. Yeah, we had engineered a very good... Um, so thank you, Steph Kobakian, for the idea um, to make a... So basically the idea was that you take a photo in front of the hex wall and you add a user and a hex wall hashtag and then you go into the run to win a $100 hex sticker voucher from Sticky Mule. Oh and wow! So, and so I, that's I, so that's why there was so like I think that contributed to the selfies and the photos. I did not realize this. Mm. I had no idea that there was a price as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was very <laughs> fun. And so we had hex hex themed wool. We had uh, hex shaped um, badges as well. Socks and socks. Oh yes. Oh my god, the socks! Yeah, the yeah. star of the conference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you registered early, you got a pair of um, orange and blue kangaroo and R socks. I've and been yeah. wearing them. They are so good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I've been wearing them a lot. Um, yeah. Watching them every second day. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, but yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. Um, actually, and I just want to say, it was a very satisfying. Um, Mitch drew the prize at the end of the conference by... Um, he put some Twitter scraping um, code into some slides, and then he ran the code live in front of everyone and then pulled out five people... Uh, like and the photos that they took and then that's how like they announced the five random people so oh that's that so good it felt very you know like a, a very mm-hmm. r way to solve <laughs> hopefully with tidy code yes yeah <laughs> yeah on um, that note i've actually i've programmed my first thing in tidy everyone oh yeah? great congratulations so um and it worked yeah um, i'm very proud of myself so well, just like, just yeah, a follow up from last oh, yeah. <laughs> from last episode. Yeah. I said I've never programmed in tidy. Um, mm. I just made a heat map, Great. but I had to wrangle my data first, mm-hmm. and then made I made the heat map in ggplot. Mm-hmm. Cool, awesome. With Thomas Lynn Pedersen's great palette for the oh, yeah. psycho package. Yeah, yeah. The name is just too good. Like, it's really good. Yeah. You have to kind of use it. No, so that was that was amazing. Yeah. Um, and it was it it's very neat code. It doesn't smell. It doesn't smell at all. It's like it's totally <laughs> neutral. It's like it's a neutral it's like neutral R code smell. Um so like I just want to touch on the psycho package because I think it's great. It's a perceptually uniform set of color palettes. So if you know about this, it's basically the idea is you want to have colors that um behave appropriately when they're put into grayscale or for people who have like color blindness and that sort of thing. And so a really popular one is Viridus, um, which is like a good set of colors. And Psycho has just added some some other colors that have the similar or a same property. Uh, and yeah, and I, I really like it because I've seen a lot of Viridus and so it's nice to have some variety. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. I mean, the color, some of the colors are a bit ugly. I think mm. if you use the, I use the Tokyo palette and if you only lose, use like four yeah. colors from the Tokyo palette, you are bound to get terrible ones. Yeah, yeah. You need to have like a full range. I've actually used the Tokyo palette and I have used four <laughs> and I know exactly what you're talking about. There's like one color that's like this cream color and yeah. it's like, it's not very useful. Um, it yeah. just looks like puke, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I'll, I'm glad you had a good experience. Like, was it a good experience riding Tidy Coat? Yeah, it was actually. Like, yeah. I mean, I had to Google everything, but I mean, that's how I code normally. Yeah, I mean, me too. Yeah. I have 50 tabs. Well, I, I'm actually, I don't have 50 tabs open because I'll close them and then I'll re-Google it yeah. and find it again. Oh, that's good. I think I'm only at like 10 tabs open at the moment. Um, But yeah, I'm at like a, that's like really good. That's super light for me. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I think sort of like 10 is approaching my maximum of tabs open oh really oh no because like i would rather see i would rather re-google it yeah and then like close it because that takes about the same time as going through all of your tabs i, I think, think. I, like i just have them open just in case like i come back to it and then i have an idea or something i don't know it just it, it's like i don't let go of that idea like uh, or, or, or the potential yeah, for an well. idea <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I, well, I also... Um, do you have untitled tabs in your in your R student, like in your R projects? Sometimes. Yeah, but like, like, what's the highest number you've gotten to? Did to untitled tabs, yeah. like maybe two oh, okay. at very most. Right, I've gone to like the high 30s, but yeah. How do you deal? <laughs> I don't know, like I can tell you what I'm up to now, actually. <laughs> that is... Uh, uh, kids don't do this at home okay like all right i've got one open now that's untitled nine but um but that's like pretty that's pretty good that's pretty light yeah yeah don't do this at home kids <laughs> this is how you don't find what you're doing any longer yeah it's fine uh, all right um do you save them as like untitled one to nine uh i usually <laughs> just like leave them and then or you just come back and it opens yeah them again. and then magically our studio just finds them which is great mm. because every now and again i find something that's really useful and then it gets turned into a functional thing and then like roll it into a package but yeah thank you our studio yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> no you're like literally saving me days um <laughs> but yeah i don't know like every now and again i'll come back to a package i haven't worked on for a while and then there'll be some code sitting in an untitled tab that reflects you know some like some ideas i had i've i've tried to get better like like i usually try and clean up the untitled tabs before the end i think miles had a really uh yeah he had like he actually wrote a package to stop this called gist foe that takes all of your untitled tabs from our studio and puts them up onto a gist on on github and saves them <laughs> so is that, that just for you nick i think it was like i think <laughs> there was a conversation about it and then he decided to fix it oh uh, yeah so it's good to have good friends that code for you yeah <laughs> but yeah no, so that's very useful um, that is useful i think we're coming to our end so yep. this um week we do not have a we do not have a little quiz for you like we had last time which is unfortunate but we'll have one next episode mm-hmm. we'll get miles on this so miles oh, yeah. mcbain thank you for providing us with quizzes yeah um, what are the quizzes the quizzes are going like the one we had last time where you, Roger asked a question about how you can load packages without oh, in, using like in a, a loop. For oh, yeah. loop. Yeah, yeah. No, that and that there were loads of tw- like tweets about it. Thank yeah. you, everyone who participated. Yeah, we didn't great. expect it at yeah. all. Um, but we'll have other cool little puzzles yeah. from now on. Mm-hmm. But we haven't come up with anything for this one because this one was a very much a fluff episode let's call it that yeah no this is no this is a recap <laughs> of, of uh, like of user and um yeah no fluff. where we didn't have to do much research yeah, basically yeah. yeah yeah no it's good um yeah oh that reminds me i've also used non-standard evaluation for the first time i wrote a yeah d- i i did write a ggplot function actually nice and i like yeah anyway so that ha- i've also made that work lots of bang bangs right Lots of bang bangs. Bang bangs, yeah. Well, it wasn't that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like two exclamation marks. Yes. Um, and great. So 
So we wanted to, first of all, we wanted to thank everyone that was responsible for mm. organizing the conference, mm -hmm. in particular, Dai Cook. Mm, yes. And um, who else? So I've got the list here. Um, so in, in particular to Dai Cook, so Dai was the chair of the conference and just had a huge amount of energy and got like made so much of it happen so and it ran so smoothly guys i have not seen a conference run that smoothly we had an amazing events team as well actually it was very satisfying to get there on the like i got there a bit early on the first day and it was basically already set up and they'd set up all the name tags and all the swag bags and everything um and yeah so that was um carrie and hannah and uh yeah so they did an amazing job um but uh, the organizing committee was Dai Cook, Rob Heinemann, myself, Iro Wang. Are you are you thanking yourself now? I am thanking myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's important to express gratitude. Um, uh, Thomas Lumley, Paul Murrell, Bill Venables, Simone Blomberg, um, Kerry Mangerson, Gokner Geiner. Is that how you say it? Gokner Gina. Gina, okay. Jesse Roberts, Miles McBain. Yunquan Lee, um, Paula Andrea, Wenjing Wang, Saroa Hedia Zada, is that right? Oh, yeah, I I, I should Hedia. know, but I don't. Hedia Zada, that looks like... Well, yeah, I, I think know. that's close enough. Okay, well, you can let us know, Saroa. Um, and Ridwin McGuire, Alex Wan, Steph De Silva, Anna Quagliarity, uh, Marie Trussett, Kim Fitter, yeah. Trussart, um, Kim Fitter... And yeah, and the Monash Business School events team. So that was Kerry, Hannah, Jess, and Deb. Um, yes. Yeah, Thank you, you guys. You amazing job. Mm. Um, so yes, and then the last thing we wanted to say is, we have finally opened our Twitter DMs for Credibly Curious because they weren't open. All right. Yes. So you can actually, if you have anything that you want to say to us, you can message us on twitter mm -hmm. if you don't feel comfortable using our gmail account that's yes. very empty at the moment so please do email yeah if you want us to talk about anything in particular or you have any suggestion any feedback very welcome mm. um what is it uh credibly curious at gmail.com perfect mm -hmm. um and other than this you what's have our twitter handle actually is it credibly at credibly curious that's yeah let's double check <laughs> No, it's 100% Okay, right, it is. Okay, great. Uh -huh. um, and also, importantly, you can now find us on um, any of the podcast app. Mm -hmm. We have made, we have managed that for episode two, which is great. So that also means you can now subscribe, yes. rate, and review. Yes. Which you are all too familiar with. Yeah. And I think that's it from us. That's it. So thanks Thank so much, Saskia. Yeah, thanks for listening, okay. guys. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.